This is Arrested with Mike Brooks and Atlanta criminal defense attorney Dan Conway. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Arrested with Mike Brooks and criminal defense attorney Dan Conaway on the New Talk 106.7. Dan, we, we've, we've talked about Cesar Sayak, the serial uh, male bombers who are sending uh, the, the, the pipe bombs through the mail to uh, at least 15 people now. And uh, we're also talking about the shooting at the um, at, at the synagogue, at the Tree of Life Synagogue in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the defendant in that particular case is, is Robert Bowers. Now, he, they were talking also that Bowers has committed a federal hate crime. Now, a lot of people say, well, isn't all crime a hate crime? But in this particular case, uh, because it was against people who were who were trying to, uh, you know, have a, a religious service, they, it was in a synagogue. Um, it seems that he is he is a, a hate monger, if you will, an anti-Semite. What is a hate crime, and just how do you define a hate crime? Well, uh, a hate crime can, is defined under uh, again federal offense. Uh, 18 United States Code, Section 249, Hate Crime Acts. And to break it down in a couple different sections, because it's, it's evolved over the years. Right. Originally, it involved uh, uh, actual or perceived issues concerning crimes perceived as being caused by uh, hate based upon race, color, religion, or national origin. That's been updated to involve the following. Often, any, any hate crime can involve... Uh, actual or perceived religion, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability. Hmm. And so the whole idea is that when somebody's acting uh, and committing a crime uh, where they're trying to kill somebody or blow somebody up or burn something down or shoot somebody or lash into the back end of a truck and drag them through the street or hang them from an oak tree or right. whatever the terrible crime is. That, uh, that these things can be labeled hate crimes if the animus for the crime, if the intent of the crime is not is, is about one of these issues. They don't like the look of the person because they're in a wheelchair. They don't like the person because they look like uh, someone who could be gay or someone who could be lesbian. Right, and, and that's, that's, that's a good point right there. Uh, let's say that they come up to somebody, uh, they, they perceive as perceive being Perceive is the key word. And 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 you and assault them and 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 say you know you no good so and so and and use some other slang for you know for someone they perceive as gay just the mere fact that they perceive that person as gay is still a hate crime correct it is because it's based upon the concept of criminal intent ah <clears throat> right what is a crime law school one hundred one. <clears throat> right, right. A crime is an act coupled with intent. And it's what is it, and the motive? That's it. That's it. That's it. So, uh, and you don't have to prove motive. As prosecutor, I'll give the prosecutors break. Okay. You don't have to prove motive, at least in Georgia. You don't have to prove it. You just really? Need, no. So have to prove criminal intent, commensurate with the act. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So just one, one because, two. You know, cool. I don't know if you knew it or not, but uh, you know, I, I had 26 years with the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. In fact, I actually started up the hate crimes unit for the Metropolitan Police Department in the early 90s. Well, and with respect to that, when you think about the motive issue, yes. right? Uh, the motive issue here with respect to hate crime does matter because it goes to a specific type of intent. 
Gotcha. It has to go beyond the intent to kill somebody or to try to kill somebody or try to blow something up. Uh, to face the church, for instance, right? Right. Um, it goes to the motive. What's your motive? And if your motive is racially based or based upon gender, disability, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, uh, and the like, then guess what? That's a hate crime. And that's what I would look at when I was investigating um, uh, potential hate crimes. And, uh, in fact, we even uh, – in D.C., we even had – I had the report that officers would take for, you know, a larceny from auto or anything. But for every single report, report they took in block number 18, they had to be, just to remind them every, to every report they took uh, and for every crime, it says hate crime, yes or, or no. no. Yep. And you think about that. That's that's really important because as you're investigating a case, um, if you've got a situation that is a hate crime, that, just one simple example, it can take a crime from the state court system to the federal court system. And because it's a federal crime. Sure. Why? Well, let me give you some history on hate crimes. But but the federal statute was was kind of was kind of weak. For a number of years. I mean, I, mm. back when D.C., we had a hate crime statute, but at the time, the federal system did not. And the, the federal system um, really started to take these issues over. Their first basic steps uh, were back in 1968. Ah, uh, okay. I, uh, so, I didn't realize it was that early. No, it was that early. And, um, and then it really evolved from there. And just to kind of give some background on hate crimes, and then they've been strengthened over time. Right. In 2009, this was involving James Byrd, uh, hate crime. That's the one where he gets dragged in the truck. Yep, I remember that. Uh, because he happens to be black. And Matthew Shepard was the gentleman who was at least perceived as gay. I don't know right. anything about Matthew Shepard, but whatever his sexual orientation is his business. But uh, he was singled out for that. And so uh, in 2009, Congress passed and President Obama signed the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Hate Crimes Prevention Act. So you see it growing and expanding its power. Why? It's really simple. Domestic terrorism has a long... Let me back up from that. Because there's two different terms. Hate crimes right. have a long history in this country. They are many times matched to domestic terrorism, which we talked Absolutely. about earlier. Absolutely, sure. But if you really want to go back to it, you have to start with groups like the Ku Klux Klan, who used hate crimes to enforce and to punish people so that they could not exercise their basic rights. Right. They couldn't vote. They couldn't hold office. Uh, they couldn't worship the way they wanted to. They couldn't live where they wanted to, so forth and so forth and so forth and so forth and so forth. Um, and so you really, when you think about 1968, um, there's, a, there's a push there to begin to really attack this at the federal level. Now, Why? Again, we go back to why is the federal government involved here? And there's a couple of basic reasons. First is resources. Sure. Resources are Always important. resources. <laughs> yeah. The federal government's got more money than the state government or the county, wherever the crime occurred. Um, and remember, most of these crimes at the state level are county courts. Right. Well, you know, in this particular case uh, with, the, with the synagogue shooter, I, uh, during one of the pr first press conferences, the director of public safety, he said, you know, thanked everybody, but he made it a point to say that the FBI was going to be the lead agency in this, in this particular case. And that makes perfect sense because the resources. Right. But there's a second reason, too. Okay. And the second reason is you really have to look at the history of hate crimes. Um, and let's just take the KKK for a minute. Oh, yeah. Very um, familiar with them. Um, back uh, when they were operating uh, at their full strength, 
But then throughout the decades in the, uh, uh, in the first two-thirds, let's just take the first two-thirds of the 20th century, um, the issue was is that you'd have a crime, let's say lynching, and what would happen is is that the case would be handled by the local county court. Well, then your jurors were people from the local county. Right. And everybody knew everybody in these small counties. Absolutely. And so it got really hard to get convictions on people. And so what the federal government decided was to put teeth behind hate, behind hate crimes of all types. That what they started with was they were going to make, and they were going to, one, only not only bring more resources, but two, expand the jury pool. So that, for instance, here in Georgia, right. you only have three districts. So the northern district that we're in goes from south of Atlanta all the way up to the mountains. I didn't realize there's only three districts only in three. Georgia. Huh. So you get a much larger jury pool. You get people who can really be objective jurors. They're still members of the community. Right. But they can be objective about the case, and they're not fearful because you don't know, you haven't seen that person, or you might know that person right. who's in the white hood sure. that's being accused of hanging <clears throat> someone. Well, guess what? They might live down the street. Right, so at the federal system, you have more resources, more power, and they can change venue too if they if they, they think. can change they can change venue. Yeah, but with a district, you've got a lot more people to pull from, a lot more power, and so for all these reasons, the federal government stepped in and said, "Look, to make sure that all Americans can enjoy their rights yeah. under our Constitution and not be subject to these hate crimes, we're going to bring the full power to bear of the federal government to it." Well, Dan, I tell you what, this, uh, these, these two cases are, are very, very interesting. I mean, I mean, to me as a former investigator, I know we've talked about it. You as a criminal defense attorney, extremely interesting. We hope you have found it as interesting as we have. It's been Arrested with Mike Brooks and criminal defense attorney Dan Conaway on the new talk, 106.7. Thanks for listening to Arrested with Mike Brooks and Atlanta criminal defense attorney Dan Conaway. While this show provides general information, it does not constitute legal advice. The best way to get guidance on your specific legal issue is to contact a lawyer. For more information or to schedule a meeting with an attorney, please visit ConawayAndStrickler.com.